are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Our Lord in this text is going to reveal himself to these followers, these disciples and people for the first time as a leader. He has been a friend. He has been a healer. He's been a teacher. He's been a master. He's been a savior. But now he's going to lead. And it's going to show us how we ought to lead as well. Everyone's a leader. In the second grade class this morning, there's a leader. In the seventh grade class, there's a leader. In your home, there's a leader. Hopefully, it's a father and a wife that comes alongside and they lead that family together in paths of righteousness. Hopefully, it's not a two-year-old child screaming away till he gets his way. Leadership. And I'm not speaking on leadership, but our Lord is, is introducing really this word that is so prominent today, discipleship. How to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, you must and I must take inventory. Am I a follower? Am I following Christ or am I narcissistic? I have to control everything and everyone. No one gets to say with me because I'm the boss. I know more than you. That'd be like me going to your company, for example. I, who do not even know how to start a computer and tell you how to run your computer company. These dear pastors that are here, thank God and missionaries. We have Mexico here also. But thank God for all of you. But every one of them would tell you that undoubtedly in every church there's a segment of people that know how to pastor better than the pastor. But they've never pastored in their life. I'm grateful for the many years the people of this great church have allowed me to pastor them. They're smarter, more intelligent in business and the things that they handle on a daily basis than I ever would be. Someone asked me a question. I was up in Oregon preaching years ago at a pastor's lunch, and they said, how is it pastoring in such a smart area of the world, the Silicon Valley? How do you keep up with those people? I said, I don't. I have no desire to keep up with you. You have, you have abilities that I'll never have. But I said, my job for the Silicon Valley is to be the man of God for the Silicon Valley. Jesus is going to try to teach you, you can't always be the boss. And good leadership first learns to be a good follower. And he that is chief among you, chiefest among you, let him be the servant of all. Not only do we not start at the top, we should never act as if you're at the top. We are to be a servant. And God deals with this when he says something very powerful to me that I saw this week in verse 34. And when he called the people unto him with his disciples, those disciples were those preachers. And he called the preachers and the people. And he said unto them, he uses this word twice in verse 34 and 35, whosoever, he says it again in verse 35, whosoever. In other words, this, this applies to anyone if you want it to apply to you but it's gonna take a submissive heart. I'm the whosoever. 
I'm so thankful that so many years ago, 15 minutes from here, I, I realized I was a sinner and whosoever will may come. I came to the Lord Jesus Christ 63 years ago and asked him to be my personal savior. Oh, what a day that was. I'm glad I'm part of that whosoever. This is not whosoever for salvation. This is whosoever in another subject. Whosoever, here it is, will, three words, come after me. Say that together, will you please? Come after me. God says, you're gonna have to decide. Who are you gonna go after? Some folks say, I wanna go after money. I don't wanna go after prestige. I wanna go after academics. I wanna go after science. I wanna go after the space program. I wanna go after position. I wanna go after play. I wanna go after party. I wanna go after fun. I wanna go after sports. What are you going after? The, the truth is today, everyone in this room is going after something. What are you going after? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Is it all about him? Has he a priority? Or will you not even let God speak to your kids this week? Kids are not gonna surrender to anything. I'm not willing to let him become a preacher or a missionary or an evangelist, whatever it may be. I'm not willing to let him be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament local church. Well, then you're dis distinguishing yourself what you're going after. Most people go after sports, go after the news, go after play, go after party. But Jesus says, come after me. Three words, say them together. We again, please, ready, begin. Come after me. Whosoever, you're gonna have to decide. What are you going after today? What has absorbed our thinking? pastor and people alike, because he called the disciples, the preachers, and he called the people. He said, I want you all to take inventory. What are you going after today? And I want to speak on that little subject right there, come after me. If we're going to go after Jesus Christ, he gives us a formula. The first part of the formula, one, is self-denial. If any will come after me, let him what? Let him what? Deny himself, say no to self. We live in a selfie day. It's all about me. I'm dumping my wife off, someone says, because I'm not happy with her anymore. I, I, I'm dumping my kids off because I'm not happy with that position. I don't like it. It takes a lot of work. It, it hampers me. So I don't want my wife, I don't want my kids. I can easily abandon them, it's no big deal because we're all absorbed if we're not careful with ourselves, I'll dump my husband off, I don't care. I'll dump my kids off, I don't care. I was preaching one time, I've been here all these years, I was preaching here uh, on a Sunday morning uh, years ago, and the man said to his wife, let's go to church, she said, I'm going to church. And by the way, if you say, well you should not give this illustration, I can't even remember the family. I remember the illustration. And, and the family had three kids, three or four kids. They came to church, mother stayed home. They got home and the house, her belongings was empty. She chose, I'm walking out of my kid's life. I'm walking out of my children's life, my husband's wife. I don't want this God thing anymore. I'm out of here and never came back. If a man is gonna follow after Christ, there has to be and our daily life, a dying to self, and say, I am going to deny myself. You're sitting next to a wife right now that two years from now, she won't be your wife. 
because over 50% of all marriages break up and 75% of all marriages go through adultery because we are self-centered people. And we talk about America, how she's going to hell, just straight into hell because of these liberal Democrats, because of these conservative Republicans. They, they have nothing to do with it. It's because the people of God have sold out to self. And I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to us because God's people here are the greatest servants I know. But you will not be in church two, three, four, five years from now if the Lord carries sitting next to the person you're sitting next to. It's a wonderful thing to pastor a long time. But it's a sad thing when we see self-denial denied. When was the last time you denied yourself anything? When was the last time you denied yourself God's people? I want to be very careful. When was the last time you denied yourself some food? Just said no to food. You know, fasting is in the Bible. And this kind cometh about by prayer and fasting, the miraculous kind. When's the last time you missed one meal to pray? I can't imagine raising children and not missing a meal a week for prayer. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine we have five, we have 14 grandkids, five are still little babies or little young kids under five and under that are still lost, they don't know the Lord Jesus. But I tell you what, those, if, they, if they'd have a papa that won't take a meal a week to pray for their salvation, I pray every day. My wife prays every day. I pray throughout the day for those little five kids. I prayed this morning as they go to church and Sunday school that they might have their eyes open a little bit more to salvation. I don't know really if any of them are ready yet. Out of 14, all, the, all have been saved but those five. It's my job, if I can't deny myself, when was the last time you denied yourself something? I say it just for the sake of illustration and it's not a boastful thing. My wife will know that I like to eat chips and take the salt shaker and take the lid off and pour the salt on it just like this. I love salt, I love salt, I love salt. We are the salt of the earth. <laughs> I just love salt. And then I had to go to the doctor a few years ago. I've never had high blood pressure ever. Everyone in my family has, but not me, low blood pressure. Because my sisters aren't as spiritual as I am. They live in Tennessee now, so I can say that. And they're not listening because they're not that spiritual anyway. But uh, nonetheless, I hope they're listening. Maybe they are. And he said, you know, pastor, you have high blood pressure. I said, those deacons, those deacons did it to me. Those deacons did it. I knew they did. He said, no, it's not the deacons. Okay, I know my wife. I know she did it to me. I, I, I said, high blood pressure? You gotta be kidding. My wife sent me because she goes, can you imagine a man doing this? She said, you seem a little bit snappy. I can't, but you seem a little bit edgy. And then, but that's not you. And so I went and said, okay, you got, so he put me on this pill. And I said, I'm not gonna live my life on a blood pressure pill. I refuse to. And, and I, you, please don't stop your heroin or whatever you're taking to get you over the, the hump today. But, but, 
But I said, I don't want to stay on that. I go, oh, you'll have to stay. And so I went to Costco and bought one of these little machines, you know. They don't work, but I bought it anyway. You had to check it three times a day and tell them what it was. Oh, you got to stay on that pill. I said, how can I get off this pill? He goes, well, what are you eating? I said, I'm a, I have a great diet. It's just, I like salt a little bit. <laughs> we never tell doctors the, the real truth, do we? And he goes, you got to get off the salt. Uh, Filipinos in this church, are you listening to me? Sodium, Filipinos, bring the Filipino on and leave the salt. You know, the fun thing is, I love to go eat your food because you put it on. I tell my wife, I didn't touch a salt shaker, shaker at all. It's already there. So, a year and a half ago, I decided I wasn't going to touch a salt shaker. That's hard for me. Because you go to heaven with a salt shaker in your hand. That's just the way you do it. It's so hard. But it became easier. Now maybe if the deacons give me trouble, I'm going to go back to salt. But I got off the salt. And I got off the pills with his permission. You know, and that's nothing. But I had to know, I wanted, I had to deny myself something. When's the last time you denied yourself anything? Anything. Coke. For, for one week, I'm not having Coke. Now, if you're a Cocaholic, you're going to have a bad headache. About three days, you're going to have a bad headache. But that shows you, you might need to get off of it. Vote for me. My name is Mike Bloomberg. I'll let you have two ounces a week. That's what I'll let you have. Is it Coke? Just, give, just, just say, for one week, I'm not having any Coke. I know some folks from West Virginia that they drink, drink, drink Diet Coke. Diet Coke is made with engine degreaser. What are you thinking? I'm saying today, have you disciplined yourself with anything? I'm going to go one week and not watch television. I'm going to go one day and not look at the sports scores. I'm going to go whatever it might be. It might be food. It might be sleep. When's the last time you said, I can't sleep? Might as well just get up and pray. When's the last time you disciplined yourself and said, this week I'm going to the bank, I'm going to a $10 bill, and that's all I'm spending this week is $10. You can make it a half a day with, through a Starbucks for only $10. I'm talking about, he said there has to become a point of self-denial. And we need to replace that with then caring for someone in another capacity. Have you ever seen a traffic jam at a rest home facility? The answer is no. There are people that need you to go by these rest homes and sing to them and talk to them and read them the Bible and witness to them the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There are people that are in needs today that need you, but they'll never get you and they'll never get me if we don't deny ourselves. The Bible says, Jesus, come after me. 
but you're going to have to deny yourself. Self-denial. But he goes on. Let him deny himself. Here's the second phrase. The second one says, let him take up his cross. Let him take up his cross and follow me. I want you to read that take up his cross. Ready? Let him deny himself and let him what? Take up his cross. What was the cross that the Lord Jesus picked up? It was the cross at Calvary for my sin and for yours. That's the reason why he came. He came, and I think the second thought here would have to be suffering. Not only self-denial, but suffering. Where are you suffering? Can I tell you about God's people? Everybody suffers. Some of you today are suffering through loneliness. Ah, you ought to get over it. No, no. It's not always that easy, is it? On every Sunday night when we close out the service here, I think of many of you, how that you go home, widows, widowers, single parents, adult parents, the kids are gone. I, I think of how you go home alone. And I don't want you to have a pity party. Would you let me have a pity party for you? Some of you are suffering through loneliness and it's real. And you don't need therapy. You don't need more prescription drugs. You're lonely. That's what it means. If you're gonna come after Christ, you're gonna have to be willing to suffer because life is full of suffering. Some of you received word this week that this is what the doctor said, and it happens every week in the church. A man sat in that front row this past week, much younger than I, and he went to heaven this week. Last Sunday he was here, this Sunday he's in heaven. A lady's in our Spanish ministry, 42, three years of age, left two little kids this week, 10 and 12, through cancer, went home. There's a suffering dad over there today. They're suffering two little kids over there today. We have one of our good ladies, just like last night her dad passed away. We had one lady just came back. Her mother passed away in India younger than me just this past week. She was reading her, reading her Bible. She had our bookmarker and she knew that God was gonna take her home and she was reading her Bible. She prepared her family though they didn't know all the reason why and she read her Bible. She, she, their Bible, I've got the picture, Bible still open as her husband was in the other room and she passed away. That's a suffering family. That's a suffering husband. People in this room that you've had to say goodbye to the dearest on earth to you, your wife or your husband. And not only do we self-denial, but you're gonna suffer through this journey all the way from earth to glory. There's suffering that's going on. Some of you are gonna raise your children in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, family Bible time, Christian school, give everything to them and everything and invest in them and they're gonna wind up being godless and away from God. I can't understand, that's a suffering. I know many preachers today that are just suffering over decisions their children have made as adults. 
And that's their journey through life. They're going to suffer. They're going to have sadness and suffering. It may, I don't know what you're suffering with today. But stop complaining about your cross. Can you imagine our Lord with that cross? I don't really want to do this. I tell you what, why am I called upon to do this? And I know it sounds a little irreverent. I hope I'm not being that way as I speak to you. I, I really want to, want to die for these people after all. I'm the only one that, that they rejected me and they betrayed me and I, I'm upset. Most gladly, Paul said, well, I glory in my infirmities. Jesus said in Hebrews 12, verse two, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I want that cross. It's a cane. It's a crutch. It's a leg that's been removed. It's been two feet that have been removed. It's the eyesight that's failing me. I want a glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that's what Jesus is saying here. I'm asking you a question, are you willing to suffer? Are you good at complaining? You've been betrayed? I wanna just tell you something about life. The older you get and the more responsibility you have, just plan on on a regular basis being betrayed. That's part of this thing. And all of a sudden, if you become obsessed with just the hurt and the anguish, you've missed, you've missed true discipleship. If we're gonna come after Christ, there will be suffering. There will be sadness. There will be health reversals. There will be coffins and deaths and sorrow. There will be anguish of heart. There will be prodigal sons and daughters. And the Bible says, if you're gonna come after me, there's gonna be self-denial. Yes, but there's gonna be suffering. I've been singing this song. There's so much this week. I, I traveled down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden on my weary back had bowed me to despair. I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. And then I heard him say so tenderly, Jesus said that my feet were all so weary upon the Calvary road. The cross became so heavy, I fell beneath that load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim, the morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow close to me. Must Jesus bear his cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for me to bear. And by the way, I'd ask us to bear it gladly. I've worked so hard for Jesus, I often boast and said, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. I gave up fame and fortune, I'm worth a lot to thee. These were the very words he gently spoke to me. I left the throne of glory and I counted it but loss. My hands were nailed in anger upon a cruel cross. But now we'll make the journey with your hands safe in mine. 
So lift your cross and follow close to me. I wish I could sing like it's worthy. It's a good song. Lord Jesus, if I die upon a foreign field someday, t'would be no more of love demands, no less could I repay. No greater love hath mortal man than for a friend to die. These are the words he gently spoke to me of just a cup of water I place within your hand. Then just a cup of water is all that I demand. When a pastor loves his people, and I love you, I'd like to remove your suffering, but I don't have that ability. And God gives you a cross to bear. I wonder what your cross is. Some of you live with a mate that's just so unkind and just so cruel. My heart aches for you. I've prayed for so many people that I think about that their husband or their wife are just not nice. They're just not nice people. How difficult it must be to be in a home like that. How difficult it must be where it's so cold and quiet in the home. How lonely you must be. I think of all the people that will this year here in the doctor's office. You have cancer. I imagine in my heart if the doctor tells me this year I have cancer, I imagine I'd be afraid. My first instinct would be, uh, some of you are better Christians than I, you just, God knows. I think I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid of, if I were to go first about leaving my wife behind and all the responsibility, there's so many things. But I'd hope that somewhere along the journey, if it would be that which would take my life, I hope somewhere I could learn to glory in my cancer. And I respect so many of you dear people that your mate or your father or grandfather, whoever passed away, or mother or grandmother, you passed away with cancer. I admire you. Stay true to God. I hope I'm true to God. Everyone in this room has a cross to bear. But God says, that's how I'm going to use you. If you're going to come after me, you're going to have to self-denial, and you're going to have suffering. We're out of time, so let me just give you quickly the third. You're going to have to learn to surrender your life. Look what he says. If you come after me, let him, one, die himself, deny himself, self-denial. Two, take up his cross. That's being willing to suffer, whatever your cross is. And three, is surrender. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Following Jesus ever day by day. Robert, I think that was your mother's favorite song. That or walking with Jesus. I always get confused. Nothing could harm me when he leads the way. Sunshine or shadow, whatever befall. Jesus, my Savior, is my all in all. Was it that one or walking with Jesus, Robert? I, I, walking with Jesus. Walk, wait, oh, I'll sing it for you. Walking with Jesus. Walking every day. Walking all the way. Walking with, that's the one, Jesus. And by the way, around age 50, 
she wasn't walking because she was hit by a semi-truck in a crosswalk and lived her life in a wheelchair. She and I are about the exact same age. She's with our Lord. And she made that song, Who Had No Legs to Walk, her song, Walking for Jesus. What's it going to take to say, I surrender all? God, I give in to you. I want to let go and let God. As we begin this conference this week, it's just not for others, it's for God's people here too. He said, well, pastor, I've got my rights. Everybody wants their rights. But what about God's right to you? We've been bought with a price. Have you ever seen anybody marching in the street for the rights of Jesus to take ownership of our life? I got my rights. That's one of our problems in our churches and our country. It's not about what rights we need. It's about who gets the right to govern my life. Will you come after me? At the end of your life, at the end of my life, we're going to look back and say, my life was defined by sports. My life was defined by job, by work, by travel, by money. My, my life was, was, is defined by pleasure. Are you going to say, my, my life was defined by this old book. I'm asking us today, will we become a follower? Come after me. I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about him. Come after me. Jesus, now the leader. Yes, he's the savior. Yes, he's the healer. Yes, he's the miracle worker. Yes, he's the teacher. But now he's the leader. And as a leader, he says, will you come after me? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.